Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 12, 2018, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting of a vision for you big book study. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 50 and our focus discussion today will be on paragraph 2 and paragraph 3. It begins with on one proposition and ends on page 51 with they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Today our readers are the 12 Steps P.S., the 12 Traditions, Sherry K.B., and reading the text today and being support in our reading is Robin Joe B., Marie J., and Elaine T. The reference numbers, which are our share ID numbers for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting is 11279, 11,279. And then for this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting of a Recovery of a Vision for You is 11282, 11,282. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are instead self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Pia S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Pia, again. Good morning again, Melanie, and thank you so much for your service. This is Pia S. recovered in South Florida. And here are always uh, 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for this meeting and thank you for the opportunity for me to do service and I'll pass. Thank you very much, Pia S. And I will now ask Sherry KB to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning again, Sherry. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, very grateful, recovered, compulsive, a reader. The 12 traditions of a reader's anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me be of service. Thank you, Sherry KB. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 50. We're going to be studying two paragraphs today, paragraph 2 on one proposition and then ends at uh, page 51 with they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. And I will ask Robin Joe B. to start our and open our discussion today by reading those two paragraphs and sharing. Good morning, Robin Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, and thanks for the opportunity to do mine. I'm Robin Joe B. in Missouri, um, recovered by God's grace and for his glory. In our reading, on one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has, in each case, accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things. There has been a revolutionary change in, the, in their way of living and thinking. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. Once confused and baffled by the seeming brutality of existence, they showed the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life. Leaving aside the drink question, they tell, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them. When many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Okay, these are powerful um, paragraphs, and I am glad to have got to read them. Um, 
I have a lot of them underlined, um, a lot of the sentences in this underlined. Um, the first sentence, I, I have this power, has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. And, um, of course, power is a capital P, and um, I had a, a capital P before I before I came to program, but program has showed me, um, has revealed to me and opened my eyes to him more and and more and more. Um, I've I've been here since February of 2010 and um, in the rooms and and I'm just amazed that every day I'm just um, being more. Um, um, woke up to to God, to my God, my my higher power, my gracious, loving Father, um, and mercy, new mercy every day, and it's just um, it is miraculous, and it totally is um, Him doing for me what I could never do for myself. Um, I was severely bulimic, and and all of the everything that that a lot of us are. Um, and tried and tried for years and couldn't do it. Um, I got a lot of the the rest of these passages um, so, um, underlined, but I have a star by um, on page 51 there at the top, uh, the last of that paragraph. The consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, and that is so true. That is um, my hope um, and and my everything. Um, I still have bad days. I I can be depressed. I can I can be all funk in a funk and and gloomy. But um, I know that I know that I know that God is with me no matter what. And um, and I just have to you know trust and obey and uh, and just give it all over to Him and and quit trying to uh, do this on my own. I am so powerless and I just have to surrender everything to Him and. I thank you so much with that. I'm going to pass. Thank you, Robin Joe B. Appreciate that. Now we're going to open up the lines for others to comment on those two paragraphs, paragraph two and three on page 50. Who would like to comment? Julie C. in California. Hi, Julie. Hi. Um, this is my first time sharing at a Vision for You meeting. Um, I I really feel like this whole paragraph is for me. Um, what I notice is the last sentence, the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important factor of their lives. Um, since I put the food down, um, I have more space in my brain and my head for interacting with God because I think before when I was involved in eating compulsively, I just was always thinking about how good the food tastes and where and when and how I would get more of it. But now I find myself going through my day and having an internal mental conversation with the God of my understanding. And um, I actually feel like I'm getting guidance, specific guidance. And sometimes I wonder, am I just, is this just intuition? Is this just me? Is this, God, and at this point, I don't just don't care. I just pray, and whatever comes up is I I proceed on that, and um, and I don't feel as lonely. I I feel cared for because I feel like I'm not going through life by myself, and um, so it's becoming the most important factor of my life. And it's I've been spiritually oriented since I was like 15, but um, really these years of absence abstinence and has been some of the most clear spiritual time in my life. So um, I really resonate with what the big book is saying about this. And um, that's all I want to say. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much, Julie C. Would anyone else like to comment on those two paragraphs on page 50, paragraph 2 and 3? Marie J. Okay, I got you, Marie. Hi, 
Sherry KB. Uh, there you go, Sherry KB. Libby E. Libby E. Ruth M. Ruth M. That sounds like a good lineup. Let's go with that. Marie J. Sherry KB. Libby E. And Ruth M. Hi, Marie. Hi, good morning, Melanie. Thank you. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. And oh my gosh, I just love the last line of this. Um, when I'm able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of my life, it is so powerful and it's so hard for me to get there. You know, at first I was, you know, I was the true agnostic and I had gone through really powerful religious upbringing and I just didn't believe. I mean, I believed that there was something there, but I had had so much, uh, bad feelings going through my upbringing and God just was never giving me what I wanted and I had a crappy life and I was a victim and in self-pity and so I had to first become in you know be, be in charge of my belief this is what God is and this is what God isn't and that's what I thought creating the you know my own concept of God was and I needed to do that at the time when I was new in program because I just had so much injury and woundedness around it and so that's what I did and it got me willing it got me able to move a step further and I think that that's what this is about you know just move forward a little bit at a time in developing this relationship with God and over time I saw that my control of that and, and having to be in charge of that was not really what God wanted of me. I need to get to some surrender. And so then I started asking for God to reveal God's self to me in meditation. And then I started setting my alarm for eight times a day. Every hour my alarm would go off to remind me to connect. And I was doing this with a lot of consciousness, not not subconsciousness, and over time through meditation and through reminding myself several times during the day, I was just starting to make that connection and starting to get free from the need to control what this was about. And then I was able to finally be free of having to know, having to know what God is and having to know what higher power is and having to have any kind of judgment about what your higher power is. It just came and evolved by letting go of my need to know. And today I can say that the presence of God is in my consciousness very powerfully and working and I can't say anything about it, can't explain it, don't understand it. It's just there because I let go of the need to control. And I, I just feel so grateful. I love this part of the book, and I'm just really happy to be a part of this. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Marie J. Sherry KB, you're next. Page 50, paragraph 2 and 3. Yes. Uh, good morning, Melanie, again. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And again, thank you so much for your service and everyone on the line, and welcome newcomers. You know, I, I, I too love these paragraphs because it's telling me, I love this, every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. And that is amazing to me because what it's telling me is that I have to put the food down. That's one way to get unblocked. The second way, and they're both very important ways to get unblocked so I can have access to this higher power, is to put the food down and then get into the step work. And the step work unblocks me from my higher power so I can connect with my higher power and, and live and have wonderful um, relation with my higher power That because um, steps, the steps unblock me so the channel can be free for me to connect with my higher power. And then living in 10, 11, and 12 helps me continue to have that open channel so that I can gain access to my higher power and that my higher power helps me solve all my problems today. And that's what is amazing to me because I have the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet, which are the steps, and that helps me to stay unblocked and to help me uh, work through my problems. I mean, I'm going to have life problems. I absolutely do, but the difference is I know what to do with them today, and that is a miracle to me. And what I think of is on page 56. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Um, <laughs> happened at my house. Um, on uh, page 56, um, where it says that the consciousness, 
the conscious companionship with his creator that I live in conscious creativeness uh, co- sorry conscious companionship with my creator and that is what is amazing today that I do because of living in the step work I have this access to a power greater than myself and that is so far better than living with um, being face down in the food and I am so grateful for that um, and then also uh, you know just that that part of the excess um, you know, is is amazing to me because when I did my fifth step, um, I was left. You know, my 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 step guide said, "Okay, we're going to give you an hour to have some quiet time with your higher power to see if there's anything else you left out or whatever, and then we'll do six and seven. And when I had that quiet time alone with my higher power, it was powerful. I felt the nearness of my higher power. I really did. And these these steps are so powerful, and you can do this too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Libby E., you're next, and then Ruth will come in after you. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you. Hi, I'm Libby E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in New York. And I just want to claim my seat. I love these paragraphs. So, you know, there's this one thing we all have in common here. What is the purpose of the 12 steps? You know, to help us discover and establish a conscious relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And, you know, it says in this paragraph, this power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. And miraculous is working or able to work miracles. So what is the miracle? You know, is it, you know, me working really hard that, so, you know, that I can make something happen? That's what I believed a, re- a very long time, you know, um, I remember those days I made up my mind, you know, I had this plan. I'm going to work really hard now. I'm going to pray really a lot. I'll meditate. I'll, you know, listen to a lot of meetings. I'll read a lot of the big book. And, you know, you know, I thought it was, you know, me working really hard. And, but really, how does this miracle happen? I mean, how is it happening for me today that I was completely hopeless? I couldn't get out of relapse, and, you know, today I'm free. It's, this power has in each case accomplished the miraculous. You know, my sponsor says the amount of time we put into our disease, that's the amount of time I need to put into my recovery. It's all true, but it's clearly not about me working harder so that I can make something happen. I had to surrender. I had to do the work, you know, and allow God to come in and make miracles happen. You know, I used to say, I'll never be able to say I won't regret the past, no wish to shut the door on it. How will I ever be grateful for relapse after relapse after relapse? But today I'm grateful. I don't regret the past, no wish to shut the door on it. Because when I was in enough pain and, you know, I couldn't go on living the way I was living, I was finally ready to embrace these 12 steps like my life depends on it. And I stopped asking why. I stopped, you know, having to have to understand how this works. And only once I understand will I do it. I just cried out, I need help emergency. And I grabbed hold of the life preservers. And I did the work because I wanted to live. I do the work today because I want to live. And Thank God for these 12 steps, you know, as a result of working it, um, I am free. It's only, only God was able to do that. I couldn't do it. I tried 10 years in these rooms and the result was relapse. But when I finally surrendered and, and did the work, God made and is making miracles happen. So thanks for allowing me to share and I pass. There you go. Thanks, Libby E. And uh, Ruth M. will be next, and then we'll open it up again for some more folks to share if you want to get ready. We are focusing our study and comments today on page 50, paragraph 2 and 3, and it begins with on one proposition. Good morning, Ruth M. We're ready for your share if you are. Hi. One, please. Good morning. Um, I always, I, I always get nervous. Um, that's why I don't share a lot, but a lot is going on, and um, I'm grateful for this program. I'm grateful for all the for the fellowship and all the people on the line, and um, I just want to say that first. But I 
this this these couple of paragraphs do stick out a lot for me. Um, I I just know that right now I'm I'm not recovered. I'm recovering, and and I'm working on my I'm on my fourth step, and I've been writing a lot and a lot. And I need to say that um, I am having, well, I think because it's left to my own devices, like I heard around here, that I am procrastinating and I am um, being slow at it. But I heard a lot on this line and I heard a lot of gratitude. And I need to say before program, I have my own concept of God, and I would use God, and I would just pray mechanically and thought that, you know, I had that relationship with God. At least I said my prayers. Um, I need a daily reminder of my power greater than me because, like it says in here, in here somewhere it says, um, it says, there has been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources. They found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. And I need to say that I that that's happening for me. But I need a daily reminder, it always seems like. I have to stay on it um, and stay connected with my higher power because my human resources always kick up for me. And um, my will tries to take over, but once I, once I surrender that to my to a power greater than me and to my God, and I, I connect with my um, higher power, everything starts to feel better and starts to flow better. I'm a, you know, I've been around for many um, years, and I've been a chronic relapser, and, every, and I, it seems like I'm asking for a while, and then sooner or later I start to try Time. to ask act out on my own will. And I just want to say that I think I, I'm grateful and I thank, thank you for everyone on this line and, and thank you to my higher power for always being there for me. And, um, and I, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth M. Yeah, you're be- you betcha. So it looks like the time will allow for this round and the close of our meeting for five people. Are there five people out there that want to wrap up this meeting? Karen L. Sharon L. Hoodie R. Karen. Okay, and then Hoodie R. Mm-hmm. Miranda okay, so F. Robin Miranda. P. Barbara R. And that's it. I got him. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So I'm looking at Karen L. Hoodie R. Miranda S. Robin P. and Barbara R. Good morning, Karen. Hi, this is Karen. Um, I'm a compulsive eater, and um, I'm brand new to this call. It's the first time I've been on it, and I'm just so amazed by the wonderful resource that's provided here, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. Um, I've been around 12-step recovery for quite a long time, and um, this is just a wonderful part of the big book. To me, um, when it's talking about the evidence, you know, let's just look at the record. And in the face of, I'm just going to quote, in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of human resources, they found a new power, peace, and happiness, and sense of direction. Just a miracle that these people who were just like we are and had just not had human control over such a devastating illness found that the consciousness of the presence of God became the most important fact in the life. And when I have faith, I find everything flows so much better. I used to fight this um, 
turning it over. And I found I kept fighting it and then looking around me at the people because I'd always come back to the program. And then it worked for them. And what they were doing worked. And what I was doing wasn't working. So it was really just very simply that I just had faith and just turned it over saying, well, what the heck? We'll try it. And then it proved itself out again and again and again. And the God consciousness that comes from taking that surrender um, is really um, out of this world. So um, I wanted to say that I'm in a position right now where um, my sponsor has um, is going through some stuff and is not able to sponsor me right now. Um, so I was just going to put it out there that I was considering like a temporary sponsor if anybody was available. Um, but thank you for letting me share on this wonderful passage of the book. Thank you, Karen L. Hoodie R, you're next. And I wanted to mention that at the failure of my math, it looks like we'll have more than just this lineup to be able to invite folks to share. So get ready. Hi, Hoodie. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service today. And I'm so grateful to be on the line today. And I'm um, just wanting to also claim my seat here. And when I was hearing, listening to the paragraph being read, I was like, you know, um, this paragraph really, really speaks to me. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of, total, of a, the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new peace, power, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. And, yet, you know, I was just, like, thinking of, like, all the previous ways that, you know, I would go and seek out all these other human you know, resources like, you know, doctors, therapists, all those outside, you know, diets, all the, um, all the alternatives, whether it was for myself, for my children, for anything in any, in any area of my life. You know, my, I had a problem living, and I couldn't, I couldn't live this life. I couldn't live life, and I was just, you know, failing at everything. I kept getting myself into big messes. And um, and until I came to that total defeat, I was powerless. My life was totally falling in shambles. Everything was falling apart, you know. And I was and I became um, willing to accept the power, something or something greater than myself. And it wasn't me. That then and only then, I um I was I became open to do um to. Uh, this new power and peace and strength because I, as long as I was running the show, as long as I was doing what I wanted to do, I, 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 I kept failing and kept getting all messed up. And so I'm grateful that as a result of following a few simple, simple but not easy, a few simple requirements, as long as I maintained and become and, and remain honest and open and willing to do these works to do this work i am i i receive that power from god and help and my life is so much more at peace and and and, and joyous so i'm grateful i'm grateful for all of you out there who um, helped me to help me with that thinking of mine that is a, that's screwed. And I'm grateful that I have a program of recovery that one day at a time is teaching me how to live life um, and be free. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hoodie R. Next is Miranda S. And then Robin P., you'll follow Miranda. Good morning, Miranda. Hey, good morning, everyone. So I'm Miranda S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And, um, you know, I, when, I, when I came into program, I was violently agnostic. And um, I was that way for a couple of reasons. One was all the stuff that I thought I knew about organized religion and problems I had with specific religions and the institution of religion, which, by the way, showed up on my resentment list. Um, another reason, though, was I thought when I heard people say that a, a connection to a power greater than themselves was the most, the single most important thing in their recovery. Um, I didn't believe it because I'm like, I've got babies, you know, I've got kids, and you're telling me that a higher power is more important than your babies, and that made my heart break. Like I felt so sad, 
But now, with the recovered lens, I can also see, in addition to feeling sad, that was also a way for me to stay in the food and to stay in my, my disease because it was a way to judge. You know, if I judged something else based on a fear that I had of, of like, you know, somehow by leaving in a higher power is going to sacrifice my children, you know, if I did that, then it allows me to stay where I'm at. And where I was at was in the food and in the disease. So I can say today with 100% confidence and joy that a connection to a higher power and living my life through the spiritual principles in this book is the single most important aspect, not only of recovery, but of my life. And my whole life is better because because of it. Because who am I kidding to think that the way I was when I was in the food wasn't affecting my babies? When I thought they were the most important thing in my life, how good was I for them when I was devoid of any type of spiritual connection? And how much better am I now that I invest time to keep the lines of God open and I can be with them fully and presently and joyfully? And um, it's so wonderful over here. And so I just wanted to share those details about, you know, the fact that I've got kids and I'm working full time and, you know, all these things that, you know, were points of contention and resistance, you know, and, and when I heard people who, who had some of those similar characteristics share, it helped me identify it. And so um, with that, I hope, I hope that this share was useful to someone on the line. And thank you all so, so much for the fellowship again. Um, Pat. Thank you, Miranda S. Robin P., if you press star one, and then Barbara, you can come up after Robin. Thanks. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. God bless everybody. Um, I'm Robin P. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater um, in Los Angeles on Pacific Time, and I just thank you so much. I love this book. It just feels like God wrote the book um, to me, Um, you know, and just reading this and just seeing, you know, everything in here is just so powerful and speaking to me today. You know, um, when many hundreds of people are able to say, and now many more, um, that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. You know, I've shared before that I grew up a devout atheist, and um, that's how I was raised. And when I saw God on the walls, I ran um, when I came into my first meeting in New York City and um, went, oh, my gosh, one crutch for another. And, you know, this program has been the bridge to God for me. And God's the most important relationship I have. And it was the least. It, it just didn't have one. And and to now know that, you know, every day that this is my faith is the most important thing to me. You know, um, even my dogs, you know, was, my dog was named Faith and my new dog is my current dog is named Hope, you know, and I, I just feel like I get to say hope hope and faith all day. It really helps, you know. <laughs> like, come here, Faith, come here, Hope. Um and um, you know, I, I feel that it's so important for me to to stay present and stay focused on my recovery. And I can see it in my sponsees and I can see it in myself that that just the willingness to stay humble is the key for me and you know how people can go oh my church yep my church is awesome I'm so grateful I joined a church for the first time in my life but it's not my program and it can't come in front of my program oh you know this or that it's gotta stay first things first because all of those miracles of grace that I have in my life are the stepping stones from this program because I was willing and I'm willing to work the steps and live in 10, 11, and 12, it, it gives me the steps to other things. But without this foundation, the results nil. And I just have to keep praying to be honest, open, and willing, and humble. And, you know, the Lord doeth the works in, in my life, you know, and I'm eternally grateful, and I'm eternally grateful for service, because every time <laughs> I do service, there's always something there for me. You know, it's just uncanny how that happens. You know, I was sending a sponsor something yesterday, and then I read it and went, oh, who else does this apply to? Hmm, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> so God bless everybody, and thanks so much for the meeting and for your service, Melanie. Thank you, Robin P. Barbara R., you're next, and then the lines can be open probably for two more to comment on paragraph 2 and 3, page 50. Good morning, Barbara. Hello. I'm Barbara R. from... 
one hour east of San Francisco. Um, I, I've been listening very intently, and so it's not like I have it all planned out, what I'm going to say. Um, I, I really love these paragraphs, especially that last line. Um, I really relate to the big book because my mother was a severe alcoholic and I don't drink because of that, but I'm convinced that if I were to drink, I'd be an alcoholic within a week. Um, my husband notices if I am in the food that um, I have slurred speech and I act like an alcoholic. So I have strong reactions to sugar. Um, I, I've been noticing that although I grew up and I, and my whole life I've thought of myself as deeply religious, um, really I, I, it's been something false because, um, I've been clinging to, well, why would God give me such a bad childhood? And this morning I was, um, writing down uh, ideas from what everyone said. I'm so grateful to what people said because I have to think about what is my higher power. What I'm figuring out is my higher power is not the man behind the curtain who is going to magically give me what I want. That's not my higher power. And um, I'm really, really grateful for this meeting. Thank you for that. I pass. Thank you so much. Now I'd like to open up for the last two spots that are available for people to comment. Who would like to comment? Uh, Wendy M. Wendy M. Anybody else? Gina R. Gina R. Thanks so much. That probably will round us out. Thank you. Oh, goodness. I am terrible with math. It looks like we may have more than that. So let's go with Wendy and Gina. Oh, my mind has gone today. Wendy, love to hear what you have to say. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, Wendy, I'm recovered in Colorado and so grateful to be on this line. What a miracle uh, that we're even here. And um, thank you all. So, um, okay, what pops out for me is there has been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. And recently I listened to somebody who said recovered, the definition is I don't think the way I used to think. I don't act the way I used to act. I don't eat the way I used to eat. I don't pray the way I used to pray. Um, and that has been my experience. And um, this is revolutionary. This is not a change. This is a complete rearrangement um, of thought, especially, because the disease hangs out in my mind not in my size. I thought I had to control my size. As long as I could get my size a certain size, I would be okay, but it's actually my thinking. And when I'm not in God consciousness, I feel crappy. That's how I know I'm not with God. I just feel yucky, crappy, disconnected, not free. Um, and when I work it and I get freed up, I get unblocked, it's fabulous, you know. And for me, this has been a radical faith, um, radical leap into faith. Um, boy, do, boy, when things get scary, do I want to control my life? Boy, do I want to do that. And every time I do that, it feels worse and worse and worse, right? That's, that's my indicator. Is that time? Nope, nope you're okay. fine. Nope, you're fine. Okay. Um, and I want to say, too, that the, then the more I'm with God, the better it feels, and then the more I want to be with God, and then the better it feels, and then the more I want to be with God. You know, and it's as simple as I hit my knees in the morning. It's as simple as I meditate. If I don't meditate that day, I'm squirrely. Um, it's as simple as pouring my mind onto a piece of paper every morning to get unblocked. It's as simple as working with a sponsee every single morning, opening the book, doing the fourth step, whatever we're on. That's going to get me unblocked. That's going to feel delicious. That's going to feel fabulous. When I don't do any of those things, and it's super easy to slide out of there, like wake up, don't have time, not going to do any of that stuff, I'm going to be super, un, uh, super blocked. And it's going to feel awful, and I will be running the show, and the disease in my mind will be running it because I have to control it if I haven't surrendered it. 
And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Wendy M. Gina R., you're next. Good morning, Mel, and thank you for your service. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, living in Green Valley, Arizona. Um, Yeah, I'm going to hone in on the same um, sentence a lot of people have and just relay an actual specific example of how this played out for me this week where um, someone um, with whom I'm journeying in a group um, needed to let me know that something I had done had um, created a disturbance for her. And in the past, um, I would have not been able to stand and hear and listen to what she was saying. I would be mounting up my defense. I would be doing verbal karate chops on, you know, this person and not being able to just stand and and be in that moment. I would be trying to defend myself. And that's what the difference is for me today. I have a revolutionary change in the way I live and in the way I think in the face of collapse and despair, um, in the face of total failure of their human resources, they have found a new power, peace and happiness and sense of direction. And what I'm able to do now, and it was displayed in this situation, was to just stand and listen. And what I heard my higher power say was, you are in the middle of a live tenth step Ask her what harm you have caused her. And so when she was done sharing what she needed to say, and I asked her that very simple question, she couldn't answer it. She didn't know what it was that was actually going on with her. And it caused her to think about it. And um, we left it, you know, if something came to her, she could let me know. But I was able to just flow in a sense of compassion and understanding, um, you know, just what it says in the 11th step prayer, um, that where there is error, I may bring truth, that where there is discord, I may bring harmony, where there is wrong, I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. You know, I, I wanted to know what specifically have I done to harm you? I don't need to own or be in charge of her feelings um, because what we do sometimes disturbs people. So anyway, It was a beautiful experience. It was uncomfortable for me, but when I was connected to my higher power, it didn't matter that I was uncomfortable. I knew I was safe, protected, and I knew what to do. And that is just being, having an attitude of kindness, love, and compassion. Love and tolerance is our code. And that's what we can do when we connect into this deal. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Gina R. And we do have time for one more to share. Who would like to say Charles H. I heard. Oh, this is a toss-up because I heard two at the very same time. Do you want to split that three minutes or do you someone want to take it? I heard Charles. And no, no, no. Let, let Charles take it. Okay. No, no. Let's so split it. Go ahead. Let's split it. Let's split it. Let's get it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. Charles. No, beautiful ladies go first. I'm a, I'm a beast, man. Go ahead. Okay, on your mark, get set, lay out. <laughs> Daily reprieve, that's what it is. Daily reprieve. Things don't change around me. Uh, people do not change around me, but they notice the change, and I notice the change. I get above the situation because I am abstinent, because I have that love and that kindness power within me, and I make sure to hold on to it, hold on to it very tight, and renew and reinforce that power. And that power comes by meditation, by, by, by deep thinking, by, by observing, and by, by just, uh, just reiterating my, my program completely and, and constantly. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. Now it's Charles, your minute and a half. Thank you, Melanie. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation. And I want to jump down and drill down where it says, um, uh, it, 
it seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these are matters about which, for our own purpose, we need not be worried. These are questions for the individual to settle for himself. It don't matter. Um, you know, I've been in the woods for 40 years. It don't matter how I got out or um, what, what brought me to my knees. Um, I, I always, you know, growing, growing up in the hood, I always thought I was the plug. But, you know, I, I was not the plug. Um, I, I could become a wire where, where the electricity could be a conduit and I can get plugged up to that outlet. I just always thought it was me. I thought I was, I had to quit playing God. And it didn't matter um, what my, my, my wilderness situation was. As long as I know that um, there's juice flowing through these conduits by being connected to something greater than myself, and these personal stories um, show a wide variation of how everybody came to their gift of desperation, gang of dummies, group of donuts, whatever you want to call it, your own conception. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Charles. And that does take us to the end beautifully. Thanks so much for sticking with me with those particular errors. And um wanted to invite you to stay with us. We will be starting the closing process of the recorded portion of this meeting, but we will continue with additional contacts and information if you will stay with us. So thank you to everyone that shared today. We will close this particular meeting with the reading on page 164. And if you'd like, we'll follow that with the supremacy serenity prayer if you would with me and I'd like to ask Marie J to please read our book is meant to be suggestive only thank you Melanie this is Marie J our book is meant to be suggestive only we realize we know only a little God will constantly disclose more to you and to us ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick the answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. 